Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. And welcome back to Salt to Salam, Rabbi Ari Kiban. Great being with you here once again this afternoon. And today we're talking a little bit about Basi Legani. How do we see the world? How do we perceive this magnificent universe? We look around and there's a lot here that makes us think that this world is a jungle. It's got lots of problems. There, you look around and you look at human suffering. You look at the difficulties. You look at people's succumbing to sin. You look at the world's issues and problems that's going on. You know, the truth is we can look around the world and say, there are problems. You look at the coronavirus in Asia and you see the fires in Australia and you see the problems in America and where aren't there problems? And here in South Africa, we got butterflies. Truth be told, yes, everywhere we look, there might be problems. But nevertheless, if we look at what God calls this world, Basi Legani, this world is a garden. No less whose garden? It's God's garden. And as God's garden, it is a magnificent and beautiful place. So you wonder why do you see in this garden so many problems, so many shrubs and weeds, and why is the garden not so beautifully landscaped? Well, when God put Adam and Eve in this world and gave them their mandate, their purpose, their mission, what they're here for, which is relevant to each and every one of us, God said to them, to work it and to safeguard it. That's our work here in this world. That's what we have to get done. So we have our work cut out for us. We have to somehow work this garden that as as problematic as it might be, how are we going to tend to it and make it beautiful? How are we going to beautify this garden? Because granted, there are many aspects of life in this world that are not so garden-esque, that don't fit into this narrative of the world being a garden. But when we come to the realization that indeed it is a garden, and it's God's garden, then we have a fascinating different way of seeing the world around us. And so, perhaps we could look a little bit into some of the ideas of this concept of the world being God's garden. And perhaps I can ask you if you want to chime in here on the show today and send your message in to 34519 or your telegram to 0618951019 and share with us how you see the world indeed as a garden, or maybe what challenges you see to the world as being God's garden, why it doesn't seem to be that way. So that's one aspect is to see indeed sometimes you're going to have to dig to uncover the beauty in the garden. That is with many human beings we encounter. We see people and for whatever reason, we see aspects of us that don't seem that attractive, that impressive about them. But have you ever ate the sabra fruit, which is prickly on the outside, but nice and tasty on the inside? Then we realize that indeed, although many people might be on the outside prickly and unpleasant, if we get to know them a little better, if we dig a little deeper, I know it might require some archaeology. Sometimes you have to dig very deep. And you're going to uncover beauty. In fact, the concept in Kabbalah is the idea of klipa. 
If you're familiar with the concept of klipa, we've been learning about this in our Tanya talks over the last couple of weeks. Klipa literally means an outer husk, a shell. When you get a fruit, certain fruits have a peel that isn't exactly tasty. But it's only when you remove that peel. Like the sabra, prickly. But once you remove that, you discover inside the depth, the juice, all the delicious taste. And in fact, with many aspects of this world, it's exactly that. We encounter people. We encounter aspects of life that if we dig deeper into it, we will see the good. And Maimonides discusses this concept. And he says in, in his work called Mara Nebuchim, um, or rather in Chavis Alavavis, The Duties of the Heart. That's where he discusses this. Oftentimes we wonder, there's so much bad news, there's so much tragedy and natural disaster in the world. And that's what we see. But Maimonides says the truth is not like that. Because if you look into the world around us, as much as the headlines seem to indicate that there's all types of crime and corruption and problems in the world, well, actually, you'll discover otherwise if you really take a good look on the world around you. And he goes on to emphasize, firstly, there's no evil in all of these spheres around us. You look around the galaxies. What evil could you find there? So, certainly there's no evil existing in the stratosphere. And then if you want to go into the actual life, if we think and reflect on a day that occurs, how many good things happen to us in a day? Right? There's a lot of good that's going on in a day around us. If you just reflect on your day that was, was it good or not? And yeah, one might think we have all types of problems, right? There's all types of challenges and the news headlines. Forget about that. Look, look at yourself. How was your day today? Was it good or bad? And then we think about somebody gave us a remark that wasn't nice. The faribble we had. And all we could think of is the negative incident that occurred in our day. Says Maimonides, don't focus on the negative. Think about how many good positive things happen in your day. You could think you woke up 5 o'clock this morning. How many good things occurred between 5 a.m. and now? Lots. So why do we only focus on the bad? You have a clean sheet of paper. And all we could see is the speck of dust. We need to change. We need a paradigm shift. We need to change our perspective. We need to see things from a different angle. And then we will realize that it's not all bad. In fact, there's plenty good. In fact, there's so much more good than bad. And Maimonides emphasizes this. And it's something so important for us to realize in our own lives. Whether it's the day that just transpired or even the headlines. Natural disasters. Why do they make it to the headlines? Why does terrorism in the news? Because they say if it bleeds, it leads. Because it's rare, because it's exceptional, because it's not the norm. The norm is that things are good. Hopefully, more babies are born than deaths occur. And yes, there are problems. They exist. We don't deny them. And maybe individually, we also have problems in our lives. 
But it's part of the garden and those weeds need to be tended to. A garden has weeds, guess what? You eschew, you eliminate them, you do what you can to care for the garden. If you let the garden just grow wild, it's still a garden. just needs a lot more work. And the same thing in our own lives. Where we have problems, deal with those problems. So if you experience suffering, does that mean you are a sufferer? If you experienced a failing, does that mean that you are a failure? No. It is a garden, not a jungle. And within the garden, there are flaws, there are problems. And it's up to each of us to do what we can in our own life. You get knocked down, get back up again, because failure is not getting knocked down. Failure is only if you stay down. So you experience the knock, and that knock will hopefully be some kind of golden shoe that will help you get back up in a much stronger and resilient way that you can overcome whatever obstacles and challenges you face. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. And I'm Rabbi Yari Kivan. Today we're talking about, is this world a jungle or is it a garden? And I'd like to say that perception is very much up to you and how you see the world and how you see yourself because these days we're living in a time where everybody is looking for meaning, for purpose. And the truth is, with in, in the access of our pockets on our cell phones, we have reached to so many different options. We People are searching everywhere for that self-contentment. People are looking for tips to overcome whatever challenges they're experiencing to find purpose in their life. Dr. Google prescribes more things than doctors. And I'm not saying that's good, and that's why people are oftentimes looking in the wrong place. In fact, the study shows that college students today, 76% of college students are searching for meaning and purpose in their life. Not just college students, everyone, anyone. People from different religions and ways of life are searching for the answer. And we Jews are no different. But we have to realize that we have the answers within us. You know, someone once asked the Rebbe the idea, the uftu, the chiddush, the novelty of Hasidus. And the Rebbe explained to him that Hasidus is the wisdom of Torah. It's nothing new. But sometimes we're stuck in load shedding and the room is dark and you can't see the painting on the wall. But then you turn on the torch of your phone, which is charging on your power bank. By the way, <laughs> no joke, there's a plan for load shedding tonight, so you might want to do that. Power up your power bank so that this evening, if you want to read a book in preparation for Shabbos, or you want to cook food, or whatever you want to do, you'll have some light. What does Hasidus do? Hasidus is the torch. It shines the light and what what's there already. But what appears to be dark, what you can't actually see. And that's the thing that Hasidus teaches us. Don't look in foreign places. You don't have to search elsewhere. You are the key. You are the key to your happiness. You're the key to purpose in your life. You have the key within yourself. The problem is sometimes we don't know who we truly are. And therefore, Hasidus addresses these issues and shows us that before we can even deal with the external challenges of the world, we have to know who we are. We have to actually work with ourselves. We have to realize 
that this world isn't a jungle. And we have to realize that our lives have purpose. So if we want to have that meaningful, purposeful life, you don't have to look too far away. Just look a little deeper in yourself. Maybe get that torch. Maybe study the Torah. Expose yourself to its wisdom. And you realize there's no need to go beyond. To search elsewhere. We could all search within ourselves and learn what it means to be a Jew. In fact, we're told it means to tap into our pentelayid, what's called the chelik aleka, the essence of God that each of us possesses. God created the first human being, Adam. How? It says in the Torah, of God blew into his nostrils a breath of life. Blowing is an act which comes from one's very essence. And by blowing the first man into being, that's what connected connects us to God in the innermost unbreakable way. So, and this, the Arizal explains actually, that before Adam sinned with a tree of knowledge, there actually was no sin in this world. All souls were holy and pristine coming forth from Adam. And the great depth of this inextricable connection that we have with Hashem. And Hasidus explains how the inner makeup of each one of us, how we have two souls, our godly soul and our animal soul. Why this is the way God gives us our free choice, that we're not robots, we're not angels, even though I know oftentimes those who love us call us my angel. But the concept we've been discussing about the animal soul that tries to influence the godly soul, and it's the godly soul's task not to be tempted with the materialistic desires of this world, not to be confused by whatever looks like glittering veneers that attract us in the wrong way. And that's where we use our godly soul. We use our spiritual powers to realize the true depth of who we are. So please, God, over the coming weeks, we'll continue our discussion with the Tanya's fascinating insights on how we could really truly live our lives in the most meaningful way. And to remember that indeed, the world is a garden, God's garden, and you are the caretaker of this garden. And where you see weeds and shrubs that need work, guess what? You are the one who are gonna, who's gonna trim those hedges. You're the one who's going to beautifully landscape and beautify this garden. That indeed, the evil, the suffering, the pain, the difficulties, all those elements of life that challenge the notion of this world being God's garden can be eliminated. And indeed, the beauty of the garden will be seen. It's up to you to dig deep and find the gold within you and within me. Each one of us possesses it. All we got to do is uncover it. The fact of the matter is that you are indispensable to God's plan for this world because the fact that you're born means you matter, God needs you, and you are the one who's God's partner in making the world realize exactly that. My dear friends, carpe diem.
Seize every single moment you have and realize how great you are and the potential for everything in this world around us. The potential for good that every human being possesses. That we have that free will for evil and for good. But in the next moment, you will tip the balance of the scale of your life and the entire universe in a positive direction. Have a great Shabbos.